Folks, wonder what happened on July 15th in baseball history? Mantle gets demoted. Roberto Clemente breaks Bob Gibson's leg. And Watergate has nothing on what the Indians did to try to save Albert Bell. Kidding. All that and more on this day in baseball history. Take me out to the ball game. Take me out with the crowd. Buy me some peanuts and cracker jack. I don't care if I never get back. Welcome to Baseball History Daily. Before we jump into today's birthday, I just want to before we jump into today's birthday, I uh, just want to recap the July 14th, yesterday's show, where we had radio highlights for Eddie Matthews' 500th home run, Pete Rose and Ray Fossey's collision in the 1970 All-Star Game, plus that full broadcast, Ernie Knob of the Browns tossing goose eggs for 17, and Mel Parnell, who fired a no-hitter. Now, every piece of history does start with a birthday, and of the hundreds of players that were born today, my special birthday calls out goes to Don Clendenon. He was born on July 15, 1935, and he was a popular guy. The Cleveland Browns, the Harlem Globetrotters, and the Pirates all offered him contracts. The 6-4 Clendenon chose the Pirates, and he batted 302 for them in 80 games in his rookie season in 1962. And in 66, he hit 28 home runs and drove in 98 runs. Both were career highs while hitting 299. He twice topped the NL batters in strikeouts, and he led first basemen in errors three times. But he also placed, paced them in double plays five times and three times each in putouts and assists. Now, in an odd occurrence, the Expos took him in the draft and uh, the expansion draft in October 1968 and then tried to trade him to the Astros. But he declined to take that trade in 1969, and he ended up going to the Mets instead. Now, he platooned with Ed Cranepole, with Ed Cranepole but he provided uh, critical power to the Mets when they were surging for the pennant. And he hit game home runs in games 2, 4, and 5 of the 69 World Series. That meant the difference in each contest and earned him the series MVP award. What a twist of events for the Mets and Clendenon. Today's debut, uh, July 15th, 1985. At the time, he was Joey, but we know him now as Albert Bell. Uh, he went one for four in his debut with an RBI. He was truly one of the most feared sluggers of the 90s. Um, he was one of the most feared athletes, period, to be honest with you. He was surly in nature. Uh, he had frequent run-ins with the press and other intruders to his universe. Um, he drew some unfavorable comparisons to ex-heavyweight champion and ex-con Sonny Liston. Uh, he blew up uh, other players. Uh, he was just a really uh, difficult guy. Um, and that surliness, you know, I feel cost him the 1995 MVP award that he lost by just eight points to Mo Vaughn, but he was a far better player than Mo Vaughn in 1995. And I would just say this about Bell, um, you know, if you're looking at Hall of Fame players, and you just did it on numbers. If you look at Baseball Reference, you know they have um, they really have this really cool thing uh, called ink for, and they have ink for Hall of Fame. They have black ink, gray ink, a Hall of Fame monitor, and Hall of Fame standards. And I'll tell you, he's right on the borderline. Uh, you know, you if he got inducted into the Hall of Fame, it wouldn't be a surprise uh, because of his his numbers. I mean, he did it over twelve years. So he had a little bit of a shot career, but you know a lot of players have and, and got in because of that. And he was truly, he defines 
on the field, not off the field, but on the field, what a Hall of Famer player statistics, um, you know, would look like. So that's just my two cents. Um, now, Robin is going to uh, bring us today's highlights. And before we do that, uh, I got some trivia for you. Who was the first player to hit 10 home runs in a calendar week? And what I mean by that is Sunday to Saturday. And he did it in just 20 at bat. And as usual, the answer come after the show. I'm going to throw you some hints after Robin's highlights, but I'm going to let her take it from here. On July 15, 1951, the New York Yankees demote struggling rookie Mickey Mantle to their Kansas City farm team in the American Association. Mantle would return to the Yankees in August and finish his first major league season with 13 home runs and 65 RBIs. On July 15, 1967, St. Louis Cardinals ace Bob Gibson suffers a broken leg when he is struck by a line drive hit by another future Hall of Famer, Roberto Clemente. Incredibly, Gibson pitches to two more batters before leaving the game. Gibson was sidelined until Labor Day, but would come back and win three games in the World Series against the Boston Red Sox. On July 15, 1973, before 41,400 in Detroit, California Angels ace Nolan Ryan hurls his second no-hitter of the season in taming the Detroit Tigers' sixth zip. Ryan fanned 17 batters, the most ever, in a nine-inning no-hitter, including eight straight, but only one over the last two innings. Nolan's arm stiffens while watching his team rally for five runs in the top of the eighth. With two outs in the ninth, Norm Cash, who had struck out his other three times at bat, comes to bat wielding a piano leg. Umpire Ron Luciano points out the illegality, and Cash then pops out using a regulation bat. Ryan's eight strikeouts in a row ties the American League record he had set last year. And on July 15, 1994, in his first inning at Comiskey Park, Chicago White Sox manager Gene Lamont accuses Cleveland Indian slugger Albert Bell of using a corked bat, and umpire Dave Phillips confiscates the bat and stores it in the ump's dressing room. In a Mission Impossible caper revealed in 1999, the Indians' Jason Grimsley crawls 100 feet along a ceiling, drops into the dressing room, and exchanges Bell's bat for one of Paul Sorrento's. After the 3-2 Indians win, the switch is discovered to the consternation of the umps and the White Sox. The Indians subsequently turn over one of Bell's bats, and Bell is given a 10-day suspension, later reduced to seven games. That was July 15th, this day in baseball. Thanks for those highlights, Robin. Awesome as usual. Now, this player in question who hit all those home runs in a week, he did it in the year of the pitcher. And he once said, the distance of every tape measure home run depends on your press agent. Ironically, he outdistanced an eventual Hall of Fame player to win the Rookie of the Year award. So now it comes to part of the show when we talk about game broadcast for July 15th. You know, if you've listened to the show, you know I'm always going to say that this is like a Twilight Zone experience, right? Bringing you back 30, 40, 50 years. But um, today we're not heavy in volume of games. One of the games is the um, July 15th. Uh, 1961, the New York Yankees play the Chicago White Sox. If you want to really get a flavor for what that looks like, we're talking about Mickey Mantle, Roger Maris, Yogi Berra, Louis Aparicio, Nellie Fox, Minnie Minuzo, all played in this game. And Mantle and Maris, of course, was on his and, uh, and I can tell you this much, uh, Roger Maris is not going to disappoint you if you uh, had time to take a listen to this game. And not only that, but if you go to VintageBaseballReflections.com, you can get a lot more than just the game. 
Uh, there's interviews here by several of the players that played in this game. Bobby Richardson talks about Sandy Koufax in one of the interviews. Tony Kubak. Um, there's an interview from several interviews from Mantle, Yogi Berra, Elston Howard, all who played in this game, and Ralph Terry. There's all interviews over there. You can listen to them. Really give you the flavor of that time. It's they're, they're really fun interviews to listen to. And the other game that we have is the uh, July 15th, 1962. The Mets play the San Francisco Giants. And if you're talking 1962, San Francisco Giants were, you know, it's Willie Mays, Willie McCovey. Um, and in an odd piece of information, in an odd thing, if you think about the 1961 game and the 1962 game that we just talked about, Don Larson's actually going to appear in both of these games for, um, for two of the teams. So, And for the Mets, um, Richie Ashburn batted leadoff. There's a really cool couple cool interviews over Vintage Baseball Reflection with him. But this was his last year, and he actually was an all-star in uh, 1962. So I hope you get a chance to take a peek over there. There's some other uh, highlights um, from July 15th from the Astros uh, with Bob Watson playing in the all-star game in 75. Um, Don McMahon closing out a game against the Cubs. So I hope you uh, have a chance to, to dial in some of these games and some of these interviews and kind of dip yourself into some baseball nostalgia and magic water. And now as we wrap things up here, today's trivia, uh, some of the odd stuff about this guy that, we, um, that we're going to talk about here. Uh, he won his Rookie of the Year in 1960, defeating uh, Ron Santo. He set the record um, in the year of the pitcher for his home runs uh, in May, uh, May 12th through the 18th in 1968. Now, he was intentionally walked eight times with no one on base, and that ranked second behind Barry Bonds. He had his 300th career home run off of Rudy May in 1970, and in 1965, in a doubleheader against the Red Sox, he tied a record at the time of seven strikeouts in the, in the two games. Uh, we're talking about Frank Howard. Now, tomorrow, we're going to talk about July 16th, uh, the first official box score was, was uh, recorded in 1853, Shoeless Joe Jackson's birthday, Joe DiMaggio. Joe DiMaggio uh, brings a streak to 56 games, and Pops goes yard in the very first game at Three River Stadium. Thanks, as always, to Robin from RobinSays.com for those amazing highlights. And Horseside Trivia for these uh, wonderful trivia questions. Links to both are in the show notes. Until tomorrow, I'm going to bid you adieu. VintageBaseballReflections.com features a treasure chest of baseball audio. The wonderful thing is the audio isn't a guy like me or a few talking heads reflecting on players, seasons, or teams. It is the actual players from that era, announcers from that era, giving you an uncut, unfiltered, unrecent day stance on what it was like then. These are real-time clips from that era. Now, we encourage you to check out our entire back catalog of baseball audio. And if you like old-time games, and folks, and folks, you are not alone. Join the membership section to enjoy interacting with fans, scoring games with folks just like you, and listening to hundreds of radio broadcasts that were baseball classics. As a special offer to you, type in This Day in Baseball for a discount just for you. And if you enjoyed the show, hit the plus sign to subscribe, follow us on the socials, and above all, share us with your friends who love baseball history just like